Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, I'm so glad that you are joining us today for a series that we started last Sunday called Psalm 23. And if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I am the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We are one church and four, soon to be five locations across Tampa Bay. And I'm just really pumped that you're with us. And if you haven't connected with us yet, make sure you fill out that Connect card. It's right there digitally on Church Online on YouTube, on Facebook. You can find it right there on our website. We'd love to get connected with you. We're glad that you're joining us. And here's what I got special today, because I've done this 12 weeks without people in the room, and it was kind of difficult, but I I knew there was thousands of people watching online, and it was just like me and a couple of production people in the room. And now I have our dream team at every location. So dream team, come on, make them feel loved. It's a big deal. Glad that you guys are with us today. And so if you have the, that app, you can open it up right there and you can uh, f- follow along with the notes. We're in a series where we're taking one passage of scripture and breaking it down week by week, verse by verse. And so this is kind of a unique thing that we do once or twice a year. It's called an expository message where we go through and kind of break it down and we kind of get topics out of it. And so we've been loving it. We started last week and we're looking at one of the most famous passages in all the scriptures. Most of the time you hear it at a funeral and that's a shame because I think Psalm 23, our passage for this series is less about how to die and more about how to truly live. So I want to help you guys experience life. So when I study God's word and I take a new kind of passage in God's word, what I do is I look for three things, which first of all, uh, if you're just jumping on, make sure you share this message. Make sure you write in the comments where you're watching from. If you're watching it later on the week, share it on your social media. Someone's going to need this word today. But when I look at the scriptures, I always look at three things. First of all, I want to know who the author is. Now, we know that God inspired the scriptures, but he always used people. So you can write it down in your notes. The author is a guy by the name of David. David's a very important person in the scriptures. For about a thousand years before Jesus, David was anointed as king over Israel. And uh, he was the guy who fought the lion and the bear and then Goliath. And he, he was a great warrior. But David was also a great songwriter. So we see a whole book in the Bible called Psalms, which is 150 chapters, many of them that he wrote during times of conflict and struggle. And the most famous one out of all the 150, one that has been um, read more than any, probably memorized by you as a child, is Psalm 23. And the context was not David as a child, I talked about this last week, but it was actually David later on in his life when his son Absalom um, revolted against him, tried to take over the kingdom. David had to run for his life. There's a civil war. It's a time of a major struggle in David's life. And we get the context for Psalm 23. You can write it down in your notes this way. It's a season filled with anxiety and unknown. Now, I don't know about you. That sounds like 2020. How many have experienced a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of unknown at every location? Like, haven't we? That is the world that we've lived in today. So in the midst of anxiety... And in the midst of unknown, David writes Psalm 23. Now, I want to know what the passage is, that the purpose of the passage is also, because there's always kind of a theme that runs through it. And here's what the theme is. The theme in Psalm 23 is that Psalm 23 positions us to have strength in the midst of struggle. 
So if you're struggling today in your marriage, you're struggling in your finances, you're struggling in anxiety, you're struggling with the future, Psalm 23 is for you. I think if we're honest, we're all struggling in this season. So why don't we open God's word together? Let's read it out loud together by the end of this series in what, five, six weeks from now, who knows how long it'll go. But by the end of this series, you're gonna know this passage very well. Let's say it together at every location and loud, out loud, online and your home. Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear a big? Amen. Amen. Six verses, so much content in those six verses. We learned last week the crucial phrase that David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He talks about the personal relationship that he has with God. And let me just reiterate it. You can have a personal relationship with God. I don't know what you've been taught about Christianity. It's not about rules. It's not about church attendance. It's not about giving money. It is about a personal relationship with God that Jesus came and died for you to have. And the rest of Psalm 23 feeds off of verse 1. If the Lord is my shepherd, here's what he is going to do for your life. And he starts with verse 2. The very first thing he says, he says, here's what my shepherd does. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now this does not make sense. Because if I was writing this, I would put this at the very end of Psalm 23. After I've done everything I need to do, the result is I get to lay down and enjoy the green pastures. But David understood something that you have to understand about God. And here's the phrase. It's the title of today's message. And it's what your shepherd wants with your life. Ready? It starts with rest. It starts with rest. Why don't we say it together? Ready? It starts with rest. Now, this is important because our sheep, uh, here's our sheep. This is Peep the sheep. He's back with us again this week. And, and our uh, sheep are used for two different things. So they're used for their wool, and they're also used for their meat. So if I was a shepherd and I was to uh, have that sheep, I would sit there and go, okay, the purpose of the sheep is to have good wool and to have good meat. So a sheep could write and say, okay, here it is. Here's my shepherd. Here's what my shepherd does. My shepherd makes my wool complete and my meat strong. I am able to accomplish what I am supposed to accomplish. That is my good shepherd. That is what he does. But David understood something about God that we have to understand also if we're going to thrive in our world today. That if you're going to do anything significant for God, it has to come 
out of a position of rest and a position of, of fulfillment and a position of understanding the work that God has already done. We don't work for rest. We work from rest. We understand it starts with rest. He starts the whole thing off with letting you know, listen, this whole thing starts with rest. And here's why it's important. Because we always make our worst decisions when we are when we're tired. We all do. And you, you, you would never have dated that person if you, didn't, if you weren't tired. You would have never gone to that website if you weren't tired. You would have never done that dumb thing with your friends if you weren't tired. When we're tired, we don't make the wisest decisions we are supposed to make. And for some reason, in our culture today, we thrive on just being so busy that we almost consider it a success if we're exhausted. Like we're, we're so exhausted and that's the sign of success. Let me just prove it to you. You had about three, week, three months staying at home. You should feel so, ex- so just refreshed. Like so, oh man, I got to rest so much. I got to just enjoy my family. But so many people, when I talk to them today, I'm going, how are you doing? They're going, oh, I'm exhausted. How? You had three months, three months. You know why? Because we found this time that was like a break and we found it and we go, let's figure out how to be as productive as we can be. And you know what I did? I found myself many times on the roof of my house. No, no, I found myself one time on the roof of my house. And I have a two-story house that's kind of high up. I found myself holding on to like a barely a piece of, of the wall. I'm up on the top of my roof. I'm cleaning out a gutter on the top of my roof. And I finally asked myself a question. Why am I up here? <laughs> what, what is the point of this? And, and, and I'm sitting there going, why? Because in my mind, my identity comes out of my productivity. And we don't realize God never created our identity to come out of our productivity. Our identity has to come in our relationship with who God is and who we are in him. So when we make it about productivity, you're working to find your identity instead of understanding God created us to rest in that relationship with him. To enjoy life, to lay down in green pastures first. What a unique mindset. Think about it this way. Man was created on the sixth day. So we have the six days of creation. The very last day, God creates man. He saved the best for last. And all the men say, amen. Actually, women were created right after. So he saved the best for last by creating women and all the, yeah, that's true. All right. Then God, then on the seventh day, the Bible tells us that God rested. So think about this. Man is created on the sixth day. God rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the first day that man spent with God was a day of rest. So it shows us the first thing God wants for our life is for you to experience rest. And I've talked to way too many people, they're exhausted. They're exhausted with the news. They're exhausted with social media. They're exhausted with the drama. They're exhausted with the hatred of people. They're exhausted with the critical spirit that's out there today. They're totally exhausted. And God's brought you to Radiant Church today to say, I have come to provide some rest to my people. And God will give you rest. Jesus says, come unto me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you a lot of work to do. 
I will give you assignment after assignment. No, he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. We've got it all wrong. No wonder we're so exhausted. You see, Christianity is not a big do. So many people think it's all about what can you do? What can my life, what can I do with my life? What can I do for God? What can I accomplish? Christianity, it's not a big do. Christianity is a big done. The work has been finished. The, uh, the hard part has been completed on the cross, and we get to position ourselves from a place of rest. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? So how do we experience God's rest? Well, he tells us. Psalms chapter 23, verse 2. Here's what he does. He makes me lie down. What does that mean? How do you make a sheep lie down? Do you get a cloth, put some chemical on it, put it over the, cloth, the sheep's face? That's how I have learned to make my kids lie down. <laughs> Come on, parents, let's be real. Let's be real. Haven't we all had those moments where if you've got young kids at home, the greatest success in every day is that one moment where they're all asleep at the same time. And Katie and I would look at each other. We're like, it's a break. We made it. We had it happen. There's, there's something about that bedtime. I mean, it's, it's work. It's exhausting. It's like a lot to get them. So what I've realized about kids is the same truth about sheep. You can't make them do anything. So what you do as a good parent and a shepherd as a good, as a good shepherd, he can't make the sheep. God's not going to take away your will. He's not going to sit there and make you rest. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to provide the environment that is good for you to experience rest. So here's what a good parent does. A good parent provides the environment. So we make it dark in the room and we make sure that, that, you know, that, that, that there's no lot of noise, a lot of sound. That's why if you come to my house late at night and you ring my doorbell, we're fighting right now. Because there's no sin that's worse than the sin of waking up a child that's already sleeping. No forgiveness for that. So what do we do? We create the environment. I'm reading a great book right now that's helping me on this series. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And it's by, the name, by a guy by the name of Philip Keller. And he was a shepherd for many years. If you want to go deeper in this subject, you can read the book. Or you can just listen to the series because I'm helping. I'm getting a lot of information from there. And he, he was a shepherd for many years. And then he goes and becomes a pastor. And he writes a book on a shepherd's perspective of Psalm 23. And he talks about this idea of making sheep lie down. And he says there's four things that sheep need to experience true rest. And I think it's the same four things you need in your life if you're going to experience rest and how applicable they are today with the craziness that's going on in the world. Here's the four things. You can write them all down. First of all, you need fear removed. A sheep won't rest when they're fearful. They need friction resolved. They need freedom from pest. And they need food in their stomach. Four things that if they have all four of these, they will experience true rest. And so a shepherd's, a good shepherd will provide all four of these for the sheep. So let me go through them for your life today. If you're going to experience God's rest, you have to have fear removed from your life. Now, sheep are very scared creatures. And you know why they're so scared? They're so scared because there's a lot of things trying to kill these guys. Like the wolves, you got the bear, you got the, the lions. Like, I, I, look at, let's get a little up close to this guy. Why would you try to kill this guy? Look at that face. But you know why they, so many things uh, try to prey on him? 
because they're easy targets. Like they can't, they can't fight back. There's no, there's no punching, there's no sheep that punch or do anything like that. Like there's no fighting back. What do they do? They're helpless creatures. And here's who knows it best. The sheep know it best. So you know what they're doing? They're always filled with fear and anxiety because guess what? At any minute, at any second, behind some bush could come some animal that will take them out. So what are they doing all the time? They're doing this business. It looks like you a lot of times at night. You're rolling your... What's going to happen with my kids? What's going to happen with my business? What's going to happen with the future, the stock market, Oh my, the racial injustice in our nation? What's happening? What's happening? The fear, fear, fear. Fear overwhelms them, and sheep cannot sleep when they're filled with fear. So what is the resolve to this? Sheep will not sleep if they're filled with fear, so here's what they do. The only time that a sheep will fall asleep is if they can look and notice that near them is the shepherd. A sheep has such confidence that while they're sleeping, there's somebody else watching over them to take care of whatever predators, whatever animals are going to come their way. So a sheep is no longer looking out at what could attack them, but looking at the one that can protect them. We can learn a lot from this in our life today because many of you guys, you've got your eyes on the wrong thing right now. That's why David says this phrase, I will lie down and sleep in peace. When's the last time you had just a good, peaceful night of sleep? Why? He says, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David understood that we've got to get our eyes off of the problems and onto the shepherd, because that's what fear is. Fear is simply the byproduct of misplaced focus. So there's way too many people, you're filled with fear and you're overwhelmed and anxiety. You know why? Because your eyes are constantly going, what's going to attack? What's going to attack? Let me tell you, you've got a good shepherd who, by the way, we say this, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I don't know what's overwhelming you. Get your eyes on the good shepherd today. He will protect you. Come on, give him better praise than that. We got, it's when the shepherd comes in the room. It's the presence of the shepherd that resolves the fear within the sheep. And you have to understand, acknowledge his presence in your midst, and you'll watch how the fear will go, and you'll be able to rest the way God's called you to rest. All right, here, here's the second one. It's friction resolved. I think this is so crazy. Sheep are social animals. So they always are in community together. Now, that's the way God's created you to be, too. To be in community. The problem with sheep is that they don't always get along with their fellow sheep. I'm talking to some people that are on Facebook right now. And here's your problem. Is your problem is that you've just got a lot of problems with other sheep that you know in your life. And they're your family members and they're people that you're friends with on Facebook and people you follow on Instagram. And here's what happens. When they're in drama with each other, so the, the drama within sheep, the book describes it as, you know, they're, they're walking and some other sheep try to take some of its food or they try to get around, you know, uh, maybe this sheep likes the other sheep and they're trying to be close to each other and one of them's trying to butt into the relationship. Sounds a lot like your families, right? And so during these moments, if a sheep has conflict with or drama with other sheep, then while all the other sheep are resting, this one's sitting up and it's really the drama with other sheep that's keeping it from experiencing true rest. Wow. 
I wonder if the rest that God intended you to have these last three months has been removed from your life because the drama looks a little bit less like sheep fighting each other and more like this business. Well, I can't believe they posted that. I can't believe they didn't post that. I can't believe they, I'm, I'm going to make sure they know about this. I'm going to send this text. And there's so much friction within the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, there's never been a time that we need to be united as a church more than right now. Save the drama for somebody else. What if during this season, Radiant Church was the example of a united church that God wanted to use to heal a divided and broken world? That's what God's called us to do. You're never going to experience rest as long as you continue to get in drama. Some of, you, some of you guys just need to let it go. Get off social media for a little bit. Stop responding to everybody. Give some people a little bit of grace during this season. Like every, the cancel culture in our society today is the most toxic thing I've ever experienced. It's one person I disagree with. I'm canceling. I'm unfollowing them. Where's the loyalty? Where's the friendship? Where's the dedication? Where's the I'm bearing one another's burdens together? Like, let's not follow the world in this deal. We're not, the cancel culture has nothing to do with the body of Christ. We don't, we don't cancel. This isn't even my notes. I just want to say it. The, the church does not cancel people. We believe in people. We love people. We care for people. We reach out to people. This is what God has called us to do. Well, I'm on following them. That, I don't think Jesus would say it. Wow. I don't think Jesus, well, I'm on following you guys. No, we, 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 we believe in people. Yeah. We trust, we, 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 we believe the best about them. We're going to have grace for one another. So what, how do we resolve that? I don't know where that came from, but I'm just, just feeling it today. Uh, so, so with sheep, if they're in conflict with each other, here's what they would do. This is crazy, all right? They'll be fighting amongst each other, and here's what resolved the whole thing. It's not some blog they read. It's not some lesson they learn. Here's the only thing that will resolve conflict within sheep amongst each other. Ready? The shepherd shows up. And when the shepherd shows up, they all know, ooh, we better behave. We better behave. And, and if we don't behave, that shepherd's going to beat us. He's going to resolve it. Now, I understand this because I have four kids. And my four kids, if I leave them alone for five minutes, guess what? They're fighting. Right. It's over. They didn't even want the toy, but because somebody else has got the toy, we're fighting over it. So I've realized as a parent, I don't have to give them a lecture. I don't have to do much. You know what I have to do? I just have to show up and I give what we call the dad stare. Y'all remember the dad stare? It looks like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> 33% of your job as a dad is staring at your kids like this until they act right. Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. I just look at, I think, honestly, I think God up in heaven during the last three months was looking, like, looking at a lot of you guys like, you're going to send that text? You're, you're, you're going to write that status? You're, uh, you're unfollowing them? You're leaving that church? <laughs> Why? Why? But listen, it's, it's, we understand, oh man, this is so dumb. We, we're fighting amongst each other. We're one flock. 
we're one group. We actually have way more in common than we have differences. We're, we're actually way more united. And actually the, the plan and ploy of the enemy would be to divide us during this season and to get us separated from the very people that should have our backs because the enemy knows if I can get you separated, I've got you half beat already. So maybe, just maybe, we invite the shepherd back in our midst to resolve our marriage conflict, to resolve our families, to get them back in our school back in our, 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 our offices, back in our church, because listen, it is the presence of the shepherd that brings peace within the flock. So, so here's what we need in our culture today. We don't need more government involvement. We don't need another thing of legislation. We need the church to acknowledge and invite the presence of Jesus back into our midst. And when that happens, racism goes and anger goes and bigotry goes and prejudice goes because the shepherd is back in our midst. We got to invite him back in our midst. Ephesians 2, for he himself, talking about Jesus, is our what? peace who has made two groups one it's not us versus them it's we're one the church is one he has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility here you want some good rest remove the drama from your life get it off the fact that everything's everybody's got something wrong and get it onto the fact that there's a shepherd amongst you and he wants to resolve that issue and his presence in the midst will remove it from your life. Amen? All right, number three, and simply this, is that there's freedom from pest. I'm running out of time, so I'll go with this one quick. All right, um, I don't know about you, but I can deal with wolves. I can deal with sheep. I mean, with, with lions. I can deal with snakes. I say no to bugs, though. You, you get a spider in my midst. I don't care how big I am. That, that little spider will pair. I, I don't want anything to do with it. Why? Because the snake... The, 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 the lion, I can see them. The bug, it can cripple me. And it's just a small little thing. It's like, it's, the problem with it is, is they're so small, and yet they can do such big damage. That's why they're from the devil. Like, they weren't allowed on the ark. We don't want them anywhere. I don't know how they survived this thing. You know about bugs if you live in Florida. If you're watching and you're not in Florida, we have a lot of bugs in Florida. I didn't know this. I remember when I went to college um, in Lakeland, me and my friends had this crazy idea. We're like, hey, let's go um, camping on the beach. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, let's go and just under the stars, get a sleeping bag, just a pillow, and we just lay under the stars. That would be awesome. I didn't know. I didn't know that in Florida on the beach, there's these things called the sand flea. Have y'all seen these things right here? Now, I, didn't, I never saw, because when you go to the beach, you don't just see them there. They're not like, it doesn't, hey, warning, sand fleas. No, 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 it's not. It's at night, you lay down, and those things just go, and they're just everywhere. And you're hitting yourself nonstop. And so the only solution is like, you like zip yourself into a sleeping bag, but it's like 100 degrees out. So you're just miserable. So what do you, what do, you do? You go and just sleep in your car. We realized it. It's, it's the hidden small things that'll kill you and keep you up. I think this is why a good shepherd, here's what a good shepherd does, okay? Before the sheep go to lay down to sleep, here's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd, they'll, they'll say, does two things. The first one is he'll, he'll go through the wool. Oh, you got this little tick here. Let's get that off of there. Oh, you got this little, oh, you got this little bug here. Oh, you got this little fleas here. Let's get those things off. Because a sheep cannot experience true rest 
when there's all these bugs, because you know why? Have you seen the size? They got T-Rex arms. There, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no scratching your back. You know what I mean? Like there, there's no hope in this thing. So you have to have an... You have to have a shepherd who is interested in not just how good you are, but the small things that are annoying you and taking you down. And, and until we allow that, here's what it is. I, I, listen, get, get your attention up here real quick. Many times the sheep, when it's time to rest, they'll be so tired, but they'll fight off the shepherd because they don't realize how important it is to, for the shepherd to evaluate the, the, the small things in its life. And because they're fighting off the shepherd, they'll never experience the rest that they really need in their life. So that's why David prays prayers like, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. When's the last time you asked God, hey, God, remove that stuff out of me? Those pests in my life. You know what pests in our life look like? Like bad attitudes, addictions, small sins that nobody else sees. It's the small things in your life that'll have the big consequences. Here, here, this is crazy, okay? Truth, truth, truth. What they would do at times is after they pick off the other things, they would take the sheep, and in ancient cultures, they would dip the sheep in oil, and they would take it out, and now it could truly rest because it was covered in an oil that, the, that would keep the pest away. All throughout the scriptures, the oil has always been representative of the Holy Spirit. So you know what it shows me in our life? Hey, hey, listen, he's removing stuff out of our life, not to shame us, but to change us. And then he removes it off our life, and then he fills us with his Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can understand that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And because of it, it doesn't matter what comes your way, you have the power to overcome all those pests, all those things, because you've got the Holy Spirit with you today. You can experience that power in your life. Freedom from pest. Why? So that you can experience rest. That's what God wants. Last one, and we'll close with this. Ready? is that a sheep can't rest until they have food in their stomach. Now, y'all get this one. All right, you're already like, I know, I got it. Because how many times we have those moments at night where you're sitting there, you're trying to go to bed, or you're watching a show, and you're like, oh, I just need a little snack. Any snackers? Like, I'm just a snack. Like, I like, uh, uh, the other night, you know, we're trying to go to sleep, watching a, a, a show, and, um, and I was just watching a show with Katie, and I was like, I need a snack, and, Went to there, and they, oh, they only had his original Oreos. Oh. Who, in their right mind, eats original Oreos? If you're going to eat Oreos, you're going to eat double or mega stuffed Oreos. Come on, that's the time for the piano to play in the background. You feel the presence of God right there. I don't cancel even the cookie. Just give me the, the filling on the inside. And, I just need a good snack. I don't like to go to bed hungry. Same thing with a sheep. Sheep will walk around and they'll eat and eat and eat and eat and they'll, they'll, they'll never go to bed until they're totally full and totally satisfied. Let me tell you, here's the role of the shepherd. The role of the shepherd is to position the sheep to make sure that all of their needs are met so that they can experience true rest. It's, it's a trust thing. And there's a lot of people watching me right now and you're frustrated and you go, Aaron, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I don't know what's gonna happen the next day. I just want you to know, you can rest today knowing that you have a good shepherd who listen to what he promises. He promises in Philippians 4, he will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
So I, I know it might seem like I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold or what next month is going to hold or what's going to happen with the stock market in 2021. I don't know about that, but I know about today. He has satisfied all of my needs. My stomach is filled. My day is taken care of. My family is protected. Why? Because I have a good shepherd in my life. All right, let me close with this, all right? So he wants us to rest. We start with rest. Then he says this statement. He makes me lie down in green pastures. All right, now, when I did the felt board at Sunday school growing up, this made sense. You had the green field. It was like, it was like the sound of music, wasn't it? It's like the green field and the little sheep is just sitting there just sleeping peacefully on the green field. Then I went to Israel and the place where actually David wrote many of these Psalms and where he cared for, for sheep. It's in a desert right around in Israel. And it looks like this. This is the actual area that they say that David would take care of sheep and he would sit there. And so he got all this video. This is what it looks like. And so you got, you got a lot of land there. This is where all the sheep would roam. You would, where all it would happen. Look, you got all the area. This is the roads right there. There's some sheep even right there. And I see a lot of things in this video, but you know what I don't see? I don't see a single green pasture. There's nothing there. Because the land that he was in, green pastures were not the norm. Green pastures had to be developed by a shepherd intentionally for the sheep. So what a good shepherd would do is when he would lead his sheep, he would lead them to a place that he has prepared for them that in the middle of an area that's dry and broken and frustrated, he would sit there and go, no, I've worked some ground. I've taken what is broken and what is empty and what is dry, and I've worked it to provide a green pasture for them to rest in. I just want to declare it over somebody's life today. Listen, your area might look broken. It might look dry. It might look like it's dead. But I have good news for you today. You had a shepherd that has been working this thing a long time before you got there. And what looks dead will turn into a green pasture for you to rest in, you to be restored in. You'll look back on this thing and you'll say, my shepherd provided for me. He made me lie down in these green pastures. It was only God that could have done that. Come on, give him better praise than that today. Church, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for our church. Lord, I thank you that we operate not for rest, but from a position of rest. So I pray as their pastor right now across all four locations and thousands of people that are watching online, let them experience the peace of God and the rest of God in their life right now. Lord, fear removed in Jesus' name. The shepherd is there. Friction, drama, comparison removed because the shepherd is in our midst. Lord, those who, who have pests, those sins, those addictions, those struggles, those things that are bothering and agitating them, removed right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And those who, who feel like their life is not satisfied, let them experience a God who provided all of their needs. We thank you that you're a God that satisfies. With every eye closed, every person evaluating your own heart, like David says, search me, O God. Maybe you're in here and you're watching and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know you can. I want you to know it could start today. David started this whole thing out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? You can have a personal relationship with God. He wants to know you personally. How is that possible? Because Jesus came. 
He broke down the divide between God and man by being the sacrifice necessary for your sins and for mine. So what do we do? We have to repent. We have to say, God, we give you our life. We're turning from our ways. We're gonna join your family. We're gonna do life your way. And you can make that simple yet significant decision right there, right in your home, right at that location you're at right now. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. How about we all pray the prayer out loud together at every location at home and just mean it in your heart. I believe God will change your life. Say, dear Jesus, say it loud. Dear Jesus, I wanna be part of your family. Forgive me of my sins, my past, my present, and my future. Today, I turn from my ways and I'm gonna follow you. I wanna be your sheep. I want you to be my shepherd. And I'm gonna follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate with those that just made that decision. You just made the decision right there on Church Online. You can check, I made a decision to follow Christ. Those on YouTube, right up right there um, on Facebook, fill out that connection card. We'd love to have a record of it. We'll send you some information to help you on that journey. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.